believe that God is calling all of us to something more, to something bigger, to something greater. And um, we are a church that believes in that. We are a church that, that holds fast to that, to this idea that God has got more for us. And so um, this morning um, is our Heart for the House Sunday, and this is a special Sunday that we do every year. It's, a, it's, it's an annual special offering and a special service where we pray and prepare for what we believe God has for us in 2018. So we are always looking forward. We are always, we've always got our eyes, uh, we, we're grounded in the present. We believe and we know what God is calling us to do right now. And, and it's not like we live in some fairy tale land, but we also always believe that God has got more for us. How many of you believe that for your own life? That God has got more for you, that there are greater things that lie ahead, that there, are, that there is a deeper meaning and a fuller purpose and a, and, and a fuller experience of all that God has prepared for you and your family and your life. And so um, at this time every year we do um, a special offering and a special service where we look forward to what those things are. And what always happens to me in my life, and I don't know if you've experienced this, but what always happens is that there is an acceleration that I believe happens um, in our hearts um, as, we, uh, as, we, as God begins to move us into those things. I'm going to ask for the, for the clipboards. We could just do them after the service. Um, it's fine. We could just put them down. I, I just really want to um, take you through this this morning and not have you distracted, but we're going um, to have an opportunity for that right at the end. But this morning... Um, you know, as I was praying and as I was thinking about this moment of destiny, have you ever experienced those moments of destiny? Those moments where, where you know, you wonder whether God is still with you. You First of all, you wonder, you're like, I, I wonder, I hope this is gonna work out. I hope God is going to put things together for me. And, and it, we can feel so anxious in a moment where we begin to feel a longing for something, but we're not 100% sure yet how it's gonna work out. Have you ever had that? Where you can, you can see where you wanna go and you begin to feel in your heart what God is calling you to, but you can't exactly see how he is going to do it. And what I've learned um, in my time serving Jesus is that he's never gonna show you how he's going to do it. He's never gonna come to you and say, hey, this is how it's all gonna work and this is how the plan is going to pan out in your lives. He's always going to call you to a higher measure of faith and trust, amen? He's always gonna say, hey, I need you to believe in what I have for you. Like he calls Abraham to uh, father a great nation, but at the age of 90 and even later on, Abraham hasn't seen the fulfillment. He can't see how it's gonna happen. But the Bible calls us to continue to keep our eyes on uh, the promises of God and, and on the hope that he has called us to. And so whenever I feel like, I, I usually feel like, is it happening? Is God gonna cause this to happen? Um, even when we started Anchor Church, um, I was thinking about how just a, a, a while back, just two and a half years ago, um, we were sitting around talking about what Anchor Church could possibly be, not knowing in our hearts. We, we, we believed that God had called us, but you still have that human element of, is this actually gonna work out? Is this gonna be something? Is this really what God has called us to do? And there were so many moments where we felt like we were so vulnerable as a church. Are we gonna be able to move forward? Are we gonna be able to reach people? Are we going to be able to do what God has called us to do? And then there comes an acceleration. There comes a movement towards what God has called us to do. And in my life, I found that in key moments, God begins to accelerate us 
and he begins to put things together and we begin to move powerfully into what God has called us to. Now, as I was thinking about that image, I thought about a roller coaster and having been on some roller coasters. Anybody here love roller coasters? Just hands up. There's two kinds of people in this world. The kinds of people that get on the roller coaster and the kinds of people that stand at the bottom and hold the drinks, right? And, um, and so I'm the kind that wants to be on the roller coaster and I've been on some big roller coasters, especially in the States, and, and uh, the scariest ones, some of them they'll just pull straight forward and you'll just go straight into the ride, but the scariest ones, they go up first before they, they, they move down. And so you start off really, really slowly. Anybody ever been on a roller coaster like that? What happens is you begin to tilt. I was one in one recently at, at Universal Studios that starts by going directly upwards, so not even at a slant, you just go straight up. And, um, and as you're moving straight up, looking into the sky, there's this click, click, click that happens. Have you ever been on one of those? There's like click, 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 and, and you know, the clicks become a little bit more frequent as you get closer, and there's a pause, and then there is this incredible acceleration. And what I believe that God does in our lives, and what I believe He has done in our church as a church, is that sometimes we get frustrated because we feel we're not moving quick enough. But what God is doing is He's taking us through the clicks. We're going click, 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 and every one of those clicks is another step towards the destiny. It's another step of preparation that God wants in order to release you into the fullness of what he has for you. So the acceleration is going to come in your life, but don't underestimate the value of the click, right? When I was going straight up like that, I was defying gravity, and if it wasn't for the click, we would go right back down. And so every one of those clicks is essential to you fulfilling the destiny and the purpose that God has for your life. And even as a church, we have got big dreams. They are incredible things that we believe that God has called us to do and we see them in the future. But we know that there are still some clicks that we need to go through as we move closer to that moment of acceleration. And there are, are, are various of those moments on our journey and will always be uh, those clicks that we go through. But we know that everyone is another step towards the release of God's purpose through our lives. And here's the good news. He is the one who has set the track. He is the one that has determined the path. And he is the one, it's by his grace and by his will that we are moved. So this morning, if you, if you feel like you, you're struggling to find direction, don't focus on moving yourself. Focus on being moved by God, being moved by the Spirit, being led by Him, because as His children, that's what He has promised to do, to, to move us and to speed us towards our destiny as He moves us forward. And so the one thing that I have learned is that before God moves us out here, before God moves us in our personal lives and seeing the things that we've hoped for, and as a church to seeing the fulfillment, we wanna be a church that fulfills every single little bit of the potential that God has given us. And we don't even know what the limit of that is. We don't even know if there is a limit to that. But we wanna be that. But before God moves out here, what he does is he moves in here, right? How many of you found that? That God will begin to prepare our hearts before he prepares our feet, that he'll be pre prepare our hearts before he prepares our hands, that he'll prepare us on the inside and take us through a journey of discovering the gospel and his grace and relying more deeply on his power. And so he is always gonna move on our hearts before he moves uh, on, on, the, on the external. And that's something that when we started Anchor Church, I've always prayed for, 
I remember praying this prayer, especially in the beginning, again and again and again. I said, I don't want this to be my vision. I don't want this to be Will's vision or, or the strategic team's vision and everybody else is just tagging along. This is our vision. We have made God's mission our mission. And we want it to be something that is on the inside of us, inside of our hearts. And so we're not asking you to tag along to another man's vision or another man's plan. We're asking you to allow the Holy Spirit to impart His purpose and His vision into your hearts and then to wholeheartedly give yourself to whatever God has called you to give yourself to. We believe this morning that if you are called to be a part of Anchor Church, that you will experience an impartation of the same vision that we have, which is to share the hope of Jesus with our city, to see lives changed, that God would impart that vision into your heart and that you would be a carrier and an executor of that vision and that mission as much as the rest of us. We wanna have one heart. The Bible speaks about how when the church in Acts came together, they were of one heart and of one mind. That's powerful. When there's unity of vision, unity of spirit, as we move forward to take a hold of all those things and God will speak to our hearts. The Bible says that the heart of man is the candle of the Lord. It's where he enlightens us. Paul prays for the church in Ephesus, in, Ephesus, uh, in Ephesians 1, and he says that our hearts, he prays that, our, that we may have the spirit of revelation, that the eyes of our heart may be enlightened. Isn't that an incredible concept? That your heart has eyes. Your heart has eyes. It has an ability to see beyond the natural. Your heart has eyes and can see. And what our hearts and our spirits are able to see and to perceive is not that which is seen, but that which is unseen in the natural. And so Paul already knows that the people in Ephesus, they have eyes. They can see the physical realm, but he prays that they wouldn't just see according to the natural. He prays that they would see in the supernatural. And so the, the title of the message I wanna share with you this morning in our Heart for the House Sunday is See the Unseen. We want to see the unseen. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 18, if you, ha if you have your Bibles here this morning, um, is gonna be the, the verse that we're gonna, we're gonna look at today. But 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 18 says, so we fix our eyes. We fix our eyes. I love that word. It's, there's a resolve to it. There's a, there's a definitive action to it that we make a decision to not look to the left or to the right, but to fix our eyes not on what is seen. Isn't that an incredible thought there? I want you to really look at the things you can't see, is what Paul's basically saying here to the church in Corinth. Because he's not talking about their physical eyes. He's talking about their hearts. He's talking about their spirit. And he says, I want you to take your heart eyes, your spiritual sight, your supernatural vision that God has given you, and I want you to fix it on that which you cannot see in the natural. In other words, I want you to live by faith in what I have called you to, not on that which is seen, but what is unseen, since what we see, what is seen is temporary. Everything that is around us here that is seen is simply temporary. It will fade away, it will disappear, it will be no longer in the time to come. But what is unseen is eternal. I want you to fix your eyes on eternal things. On eternal things. And what truly is eternal? It's the life we live unto God. 
It's the people that are sitting around us. Do you know why we love people and why we value people and why we want to see lives changed? Because we want to make an eternal impact, not just a temporary one. Everything that's seen is temporary. We want to make an eternal impact with our lives. And we want our lives to matter for things far beyond just our everyday natural lives. So we fix our eyes on what is unseen. God wants us to see the unseen. And that's only possible when the Holy Spirit begins to speak to your heart. We always want to be a spirit-led church. We're gonna make decisions sometimes that won't make sense in the natural, right? We wanna be the kind of church that operates by faith and not by sight, that looks towards what God has spoken to our hearts and not towards the circumstances. And we wanna raise up people in this church. We wanna disciple you and help you to live your own life, not dictated by your circumstances and your situation, but with the eyes of faith with the heart of faith, with the spirit of faith that says we're gonna move forward in what God has called us to do even when it seems impossible. We're not gonna be ruled by logic, although we will apply a lot of it, don't worry. <laughs> All of the, the analytical people in the church are like, Jesus, help us. Um, it, it's hard, it's hard sometimes. And, and I've got, as part of our eldership, Will, and Will is that guy who will always bring the reason, but I'll be the one who will always push for faith. And there have been times where we have made big steps. I've shared this story so many times, but when we just started out as a church eight months old, we lost our venue, or the venue, um, the owners sold the restaurant that we were in, and we committed 95% of our budget to a venue that we didn't have the money for, but we believed that God had given us that as a next step. And we took a step of faith. And it's why our church grew. And it's why we are here today. It's why we're able to do what God has called us to do. And we will always continue looking forward and not be dictated by the natural circumstances. We want to hold fast and fix our eyes on this inner vision, this deep inner vision of what God is moving us into. And I love that God does that in our hearts. I love that he speaks to me that way. When you read in the Bible that there were some men from Jerusalem that were walking on the road to Emmaus, a seven-mile journey, and you see that Jesus came alongside them, but they didn't know that it was Jesus at the time. And they started to speak to him, and they said, haven't you heard about this Jesus of Nazareth? And Jesus was just He's like, no, tell me about him. Tell me, I want to hear. And it's Jesus speaking to them. And they didn't realize it was Jesus. And they eventually get to where they were going and they go up and they share communion. And as Jesus breaks bread with them after having shared from all of the scriptures concerning himself, as, they broke, as he broke bread with them, their eyes were opened up and they realized it was Jesus all along. And in an instant, he disappeared. And they turned to each other and they said, we should have known because did not our hearts burn within us as he spoke to us from the scriptures? Did not our hearts burn within us? So what I'm telling you this morning is that when God speaks to your heart, there will be a burning, there will be a flame, there will be a fire, there will be a passion for the future that God will develop on the inside of you. So don't worry about your own passion and your own commitment and your own fortitude. Just let God speak to your heart and you'll have all the passion that you need. Amen? We'll have everything that we need when God speaks to our hearts. And so we have burning hearts in this church. We have a heart for our city. We love the city of Joburg because it is a city filled with millions of people that need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. 
We've got burning hearts for, for people that have broken lives, that are looking for change, that are looking for hope. We want to see lives changed. We want to see relationships restored. We want to see people healed and set free and a nation ultimately changed. We believe that God is going to cause us to become a church that will shape a city and that will shape many cities. That's what, that's what burns in our hearts. We, we go to bed with this, with this desire to see uh, lives changed and a nation changed. So as a strategic team, um, we've been dreaming and praying and planning for what God has for us in 2018 and this year that lies ahead. And, and, and as we do so, the temptation, as you plan for your future, the temptation is always to look into the natural and to allow your current circumstances to dictate your future plans. And we want to encourage you to think bigger and to dream bigger and to believe bigger this morning than that. I remember hearing the story, in fact, um, when uh, uh, there was a conference here in South Africa many years ago, and a, a preacher who's a great guy and a great preacher by the name of Ray Bevan um, was preaching at this conference. And my mom happened to get the CD or the tape, I think it was a tape still in those days, um, of that message that he preached at that conference, and she put it in her car, but just, you know, sometimes you just put in a CD and then you just don't take it out again. So it just plays over and over again. And so I think I heard this particular message by Ray Bevan. I'm not even lying to you, probably 50 times. It was like ingrained in my mind. I'm talking about I was in primary school and I can still quote the scriptures to you today. The amount of times that this repeated in my mind. And, and, and Ray Bevan starts off by telling how he was invited to go and preach in a church in Wales. And he rented a car and he was driving around and he got lost and he was looking for this church in Wales. And eventually he pulled over and he asked a man by the side of the road um, where this church was that he needed to get to. And this man looked at him and said to him, you'll never get there from here. And he, thought, he looked at the man and he said, but what do you mean? I need to get there and I am here. So how do I get there? And they go, no, you'll never get there from here. And he spoke about how sometimes that is what the enemy whispers into our hearts. That is what he tells us. You look at the future plan that God has already put a seed of in your heart, your dreams, your hopes, what our hope is as a church. We're sitting here in this building today. Um, you know, we, we're a number of people, but we believe in God for many more lives changed and we could see that dream. We can see that vision and we can, the devil can so quickly come and say, no, you'll never get there from here. He'll make you believe that your current circumstance, that your current situation is the full story, but it's not. It's just a chapter. It's just a click. It's just one step. And so don't ever allow the devil or anybody else to define your life according to your current click. Always look forward to the acceleration that God has for your life. And we believe that for our church. This is just a current click. And the devil will come and accuse you and he'll call out to you in this moment that it's time for you to step back. It's, it's time for you to, to give up. He would, he would want nothing more than con to convince you um, that you're not going to accomplish anything, that you're not going to reach your dreams and that your contribution in this season won't make a difference in the future. That the seed that you sow right now will never produce a harvest later. That's what the enemy will come and, uh, and, and, and try and speak into your heart. This last season in our church um, and in my personal life has been a particularly challenging one. One of the most challenging seasons I've ever been through. And as a result, a challenging season for our church as well. And in the natural, you would want to draw back. But there's something that happens when the call of God has overtaken your life. When you no longer operate according to your circumstances and to what you're experiencing in the current, 
but you are overtaken and overwhelmed and compelled by a calling that God has brought to your life and to your heart. A word that he has spoken, a promise that he has made. When the calling of God has overtaken you and you've been awakened to a deeper meaning and a fuller purpose in life, the grandeur of the things that are seen fades away. We're no longer defined by them, we're no longer ruled by them, we're no longer owned by them. We live and move by a higher power, which is the power of Jesus Christ. The grandeur of things has been lost. My friends, Karen and Jamie, I mention them every time they're here just because I love them so much, but uh, Karen and Jamie are are missionaries and um, they uh, are here for a few weeks um, and... um, and, and, and they're a part of an organization called Overland Missions. And we've had Phil Smethurst speak here. He's spoken into my life in a big way. But one of the things I love about Phil is that he is uh, completely detached from physical things. And, and none of them own his, his heart. And uh, Kieran told me the story about how um, one of, uh, of the, the, the uh, ministries that, that fund and sponsor and support that organization, Overland Missions, gave Phil a brand new Range Rover to use on his missions throughout Africa. And so he gets the brand new Range Rover, it arrives at the base, everybody else has got these four by fours that has been out in the bush and that has, you know, gotten scratched and everything. And so everybody was saying to Phil, oh my word, this is a brand new Range Rover, you're definitely not going to want to scratch it, now you're going to be too careful to, you know, go through certain roads or whatever. And so what Phil did is he just jumped in the car and for about... I don't know how long, maybe 20, 30 minutes, he just raced through bushes. For tw- brand new Range Rover, he just raced through bushes, scratched the whole thing up, parked back at the base and said, there we go, now it's scratched so we don't have to worry about it anymore. Some of you are hurting on the inside right now. Like it's, it hurts. I haven't even seen it, but it hurts. <laughs> but that's because, and this is one thing that Phil told me right in the beginning when we started Anchor Church. He said, finances and buildings and vehicles, these things are nothing. They are exhaust fumes of vision. We have a vision, and for our vision, we're gonna need some vehicles, and we're gonna need a building, and we're definitely gonna need finances. But they are not our focus. They are things that are seen, and we are focused on things that are unseen. And so we need those things, and God brings them to us, but only because there is a vision, because there is a need, because there is a desire to push forward into the future. And so when you hear the call of God, You realize you're living for something bigger and the physical things just don't matter anymore. You sit with money in your hand, you sit with resources in your hand and you think about the things that you could do for yourself and then because of the call of God, you begin to realize that you have been overtaken by a greater vision than living for yourself. That's what God does. Something bigger than yourself. It's why we give, it's why we serve, it's why we love, it's why we sacrifice, it's why we do what we do. So when you've come to taste the grace of God and you've heard that call, I was thinking about how that call just changes your direction. Sometimes my kids run towards the road and there are moments when I speak to my, my kids calmly and quietly and I'd go, hey, and I'd just, but when they're in danger, when they, there's, a, there's a shout that goes out to them. And if I can, I'll even clap my hands. I'll make as much noise as I can because I am speaking something important into their lives. And that's what God does. You could be heading in, in a track, you could be heading on a path but then there's a shout, a divine shout, a divine authoritative calling that hits your life and in that moment you are stopped in your tracks and your direction changes. That's what God does. That's what happens when the divine shout hits your life. In Matthew 4 uh, verse 19, 
to 20, we see one of these divine shouts from Jesus where it says, while walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They've got a vision, they've got a mission, they've got a plan, they've got a purpose, and then there comes a greater purpose, a greater shout, a greater call. And in that moment, as they hear it, it says, immediately, immediately, they left their nets and followed because they had heard the call. Matthew 9, 9 says, as Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth and he said to him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. When the divine shout comes into your life, when the calling of God has overtaken you, you begin to see, not according to the natural, but you see the unseen and you move into the fullness of all that God has for you. There's a divine shout. And um, there's another place where Jesus calls some people to follow him and some of them have reservations to the call. They have natural concerns. They're still thinking according to the natural. We see it here in Luke 9, verse 61 to 62. It says, yet another said, I will follow you, Lord. He's like, I'm, I'm gonna come with you. But let me first say farewell to those at my home. Let me just, I've just got a few other things to worry about real quick. So yeah, I'm gonna follow you, Jesus. I'm gonna be right back. You know, just, just wait up. I'm just gonna quickly go take care of a few things that I need to take care of at home. And Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back. And what I wanna tell you this morning is when you have begun to see the unseen, there's no looking back. There's no looking back. Our circumstances, our situations, our challenging seasons, our difficult moments, they're all just clicks. We don't look back. We have put our hand to the plow and we continue moving forward into everything that God has for us. We continue believing God for the best. We develop an attitude of faith, an attitude of hope, an attitude of trust. There's some true grit that comes out of that as we look forward. And as we look forward, we, we see the, the kind of church that God is calling, calling us to, to build. And so oftentimes, people don't realize how the little things that they do contributes towards that final vision. If you're serving here at Anchor Church and we love our team, we have an amazing team, and sometimes it can feel like you're just coming early to stack our chairs. We had teams here at 6.30 this morning putting these chairs out here for you to sit on, and it could just feel like you're just stacking another chair, or you're just making another cup of coffee, or you're just doing something that seems insignificant, but in the future, all of those things add up. They play into a bigger purpose. We're reaching people and we're seeing lives change because of those small things. And we wanna be that kind of church that will see lives change and fulfill the potential that God has for us. Look at how the Bible encourages us to do this again and again and again. In Proverbs 4, verse 25, I love this verse. It says, let your eyes look directly forward. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure do not swerve to the right or to the left. Let your eyes look directly forward. Don't get stuck, as Pastor Mark Hodges shared with us a, a few months ago. Don't get stuck in your present moment. Let your eyes look forward to what God has for your future. Be full of hope, be full of faith. Philippians 3 verse 13 says, Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, 
forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. There are so many things behind us that will discourage us. So many things that will convince you that you'll never get there from here. So many things that will detract from your life and your hope and your future. And what Paul says is, I'm not perfect. I'm still figuring this thing out. But one thing that I do, I forget what was behind and I look forward and I strain towards all that God has for me. Isn't that incredibly powerful? I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Just look to the person next to you real quick and say, press on. Come on, just encourage them right now. Just, but say it with some meaning. Press on. If you can make a fist, it's even better. If you just like, press on, brother. Press on. Press forward. Listen to what he says. In verse 14, he says, or verse 15, he says, let those who are mature think this way. If you're mature in Christ, Why do you need to be mature to think this way? Because when you know the gospel, when you know the grace of God, when you're mature in the gospel, you know that your past does not define you. When you're still insecure in your faith, you think that the past still has a hold on you or that your current circumstances will control you. But when you are mature in the faith and you know that God is for you and not against you, you will think in this way. You will think about the future. You'll be able to forget what lies behind and press on towards the goal. Let those who are mature think in this way. And if any of you think otherwise, God will also reveal that to you. That's the speaking to the heart. He will speak to your heart. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. We have attained the grace of God by his grace as a gift. We have the fullness, the righteousness that comes from him. So let's hold true to that and press forward. Don't live as if you're not righteous. Don't live as if you haven't been rescued and saved. Don't live as if God hasn't called you. Hold true to what you have attained. Forget what lies behind. Don't let it discourage you and keep moving forward. See the unseen. See all that God has for you. So that's what we do. As individuals, as pastors, and as a church, we're always going to be a faithful, seeing the unseen, big-spirited kind of church. And we will always have more vision than resource. We will always have a bigger plan than the amount of money that we will have to resource it or the amount of of people that we will have to carry it out because we are not going to stop dreaming about the future. We will always have more vision than resource. And so what we need in our church, if we're going to do this, if we're going to pioneer together, if we're going to take the future, if we're going to see lives changed, is we're going to need some big spirited people in this church. We're gonna need God to help us to develop the kind of spirit that can shape a city. We're gonna have to partner together as we press forward and pioneer. And we're gonna shape and allow God to shape us into the kind of people that will see a city changed. My grand's tomb, after my grand was buried, she was a woman of faith and uh, was always praying and would record these cassettes of all these little miracles that God did in her life every day. And, um, and on her tomb, I'll never forget it, they put a scripture out of Proverbs 31. And it says, it's this scripture, you may have heard it before, but it says, she laughs at the day that is to come. 
she laughs at the day that is to come. And, I, and, and, and I've been in moments when that scripture has become so real to me, when I'd be driving in my car and I'd be so full of hope for what God has for us in the future that I'd literally begin to just laugh out because I believe in so much in what God has for us and what God has for my life. And I can just see his miracle and I can just experience his presence in my heart. I'll just begin to laugh out. There's this, this incredible excitement about the future. And I'll never forget those words. It was, it's on my, my grand's tombstone. She laughs at the day that is to come. This hopefulness, this future, this purpose. And so I read Proverbs 31 again last night. And as I read it, instead of thinking about myself or just about a virtuous woman, I thought about the church. And I thought about how the church is the Proverbs 31 woman. The, the, the bride of Christ, that he is our husband, that, that God is our husband and we are his bride adorned for him. And um, I, I don't have time to read the whole chapter to you, but just a couple of verses when it speaks about the church. In, in Proverbs 31 from verse 13, it says, she works with willing hands. As the church, we work with willing hands. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household. For the setup team that were here at 6.30 this morning, you rose up while it was still night. That is what a faithful church does. We rise while it is still night and provide food for her household. She considers a field and buys it. We're really hoping that that will be a part of our story for 2018, that we will consider a field, hopefully around 20,000 square meters, and buy it and be able to plant a vineyard on it like the church or like the woman in Proverbs 31. With her hands, she plants a vineyard. Jesus said, I am the, bran I am the vine, you are the branches. If you abide in me, I'll abide in you. We want to plant a vineyard here in Joburg where lives will be able to be connected to the vine and they will be able to abide. We will consider a field and by God's grace, we will be able to purchase it. Um, if anybody has 20,000 square meters, you could also just give it to us, all right? That'll work, okay? She dresses herself with strength. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. When I read that, she puts her hands to, I thought about he who puts the hands to the plow. She puts her hands to the spindle, to the distaff. She opens her hands to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. Strength and dignity are her clothing and she laughs at the time to come. We see the unseen. We laugh at the days that are to come. We are filled with hope and joy and passion for the days that are yet to be. That's us. That's the kind of church we wanna be. And we know that God is with us and that the future is in his hand. So what I wanna encourage you to do this morning is to put your hand to the plow. To allow God to speak a vi bigger vision to your heart. A bigger vision to your heart. I remember speaking to a couple just when we started Anchor Church. We were still in a restaurant. I think it might even have been before our first service. And, and I sat with them and, and, I, and I shared with them and they were asking how it was going and if we were getting the funding that we needed to buy our equipment and everything. And I said to them that there was one couple in our church that felt in their heart to give us 100,000 rand. And, um, and this was a young couple in their early 30s that didn't even join Anchor. They were a part of serving at another church, but they gave us 100,000 rand when we started Anchor Church. And I was sharing this amazing testimony with um, this other couple, and they looked at each other and they said, okay, we don't, we don't, 
we're Christians and we believe in God, but we don't have that kind of faith to give 100,000. What I'm believing is that God is going to enlarge us in every way where our heart's desire would be to do whatever it is that God calls us to do. That we would step into all that God has for us and truly begin to make a difference. So that's my encouragement to you this morning. That's my word to you this morning is that you would see the unseen and that you would um, step into with faith and with boldness everything that God has for you. And we believe that he will accelerate us and move us through every click, through every season and that we will see our potential fulfilled as a church. Let's, let's go ahead and pray.